Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. BASF provides sustainable, high-performing ingredients that enhance the quality and productivity of your poultry feed. Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Carry, proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, uh, where we uh, discuss some of the latest in poultry uh, nutrition and nutrition-related research and industry trends in approximately 10 minutes or less. Uh, my name is Sam Rochel. I'm an associate professor of poultry nutrition at Auburn University and one of the co-hosts of the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. And today I'm joined by Dr. Dan Wilson. Uh, Dr. Wilson um, is uh, is a veterinarian uh, who received his degrees from Purdue University and worked in the commercial layer industry for several years before starting his own uh, veterinary uh, in, um, veterinary consulting uh, firm. And so, look forward to to talking to you, Dr. Dan. How are you doing today? I'm good. So, I think uh, you know you have a, a wide background uh, and a lot of different. Um, uh, health-related aspects of, of the poultry industry. And so I think what we're going to kind of focus on today, since we have a short amount of time, uh, potentially talk about E. coli and, and laying hens. So uh, I, I'm, as I mentioned, I, I don't know very much. I'm not a microbiologist. Uh, I'm not a veterinarian. So, um, you know, I'll do my best to, to kind of keep up here and uh, keep the conversation going and excited to, to learn from you on this today. E. coli and laying hens, what are, you know, um, again, as a nutritionist, give me the, the quick and dirty kind of what, what someone new to this field sh- should know. Yeah, so most of what I would talk about would be definitely in a, a U.S. context because we work with U.S. layers and mostly more so in the Midwest. We have a little, a little spread out outside of the Midwest, but, uh, you know, layers in the past, uh, peritonitis and or other E. coli related causes of mortality were always kind of a, a top five list for layer vets way back through the past several decades, even in conventional egg production in, in cages and those sort of styles. But certainly kind of when I graduated, which was uh, 2012, I kind of started right at the beginning of all these transitions to alternative housing and aviaries and cage-free and even outdoor access. So in, in layers, it was already a top five concern. Elevate bird well-being and improve profitability with Cargill's tailored nutrient solutions that deliver performance. Cargill is leading through applied nutrition, leveraging deep nutrient insights and understanding of the animal's nutrient requirements to achieve your production and performance goals. Certainly, like I said, that you know, the fecal oral access, you know, being able to move about in the litter and or dust bathes in those same substrates definitely creates a little more exposure than in a cage system. I mean, that's a, an easy one for anybody to understand. But the other big part of alternative housing is that we see a lot of other primary diseases. E. coli loves to play second fiddle to many other things. And so 
alternative housing has allowed us a lot of more, more of those primary pathogens to be a challenge as well. So in addition to just the housing itself, you know, the compounding factors of mycoplasmas or coryza, cholera, those things in combination with E. coli, um, other viruses like bronchitis virus, those things really give it a little shove to be a little more of a problem too. So, I mean, most of the E. coli is, is going to be secondary. If they've gotten to the point they're affected by it, it's probably a ultimately a cause of death. Um, and so it, most people would find that either, you know, posting session with a vet, submitting birds to a lab, or if they're comfortable opening birds, you know, the classic bacterial uh, air sac or peritonitis, uh, caseous material and those sort of things. So we're always working with nutrition teams and all of the, the natural products uh, that exist, you know, to, to trend that flora to the good side. And that's always a preferred way to do it is just get rid of the bad ones. But as the vets, we always like to try to prevent those primary things. So figuring out those other primary disease causes and whether it be like serology for a bronchitis program or typing of the bronchitis that's present and fixing those things from the base program. Those are really the function we play as vets is trying to get rid of the primary diseases that let E. coli in the door. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, um, obviously I'm always coming at this from a, a feed ingredient, feed formulation standpoint. Are there particular ingredients, uh, you know, not, not necessarily additives, but some of the primary ingredients that, that, um, bring more issues or maybe help more than others? Uh, ask your nutritionist. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I mean, layers were at the mercy of being on a mash feed. So yeah, I mean, the sanitation of the feed and quality is definitely important, but most of what we see ends up probably being more of a respiratory route of infection. And so we want the gut health to be good, but you know, we, we try to focus on the, the respiratory aspects of it more so as the vets, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Are there any other uh, management factors that, that you can think that, that help? I mean, particularly with the respiratory side, I mean, is there, um, and I know in, in maybe um, systems that aren't very well controlled, you're kind of at the mercy of, of the, the nature of that. But I mean, is there anything in, in more controlled environments that you can do from a management standpoint to help? Definitely the U S has, you know, a more or less long-term experience with housing design and ventilation. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's been trial and error in some, some aspects of what systems work better, what systems have less dust generated um, and that, you know, opportunity for those exposures. So hopefully now that we're several years into these conversions, some of those lessons learned start impacting improving the ventilation and, lessening the the standing you know manure and and dust that generates from depth a certain manure depth and those sort of things so we definitely see those better designs help limit some of the impact of e coli for sure gotcha yeah so the the housing management and design is is very important from the get-go unfortunately those are, are hard to fix after you've built a multi-million dollar house. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Hopefully we figured those out quickly. Yeah. Um, and there's some really good designs now that have helped that a lot. Yeah. Very good. Now I know that's been a very, uh, 
rapidly evolving area and, and a lot of transition over the last decade to these different systems. And, and as you mentioned, a lot of, a lot of lessons learned. So uh, we definitely appreciate your efforts in that and, and helping people make better decisions uh, moving forward. So as we wrap up here, are there any other uh, major aspects of, of E. coli and layers that you would like the people to uh, keep, keep on their mind? And I probably say this on every uh, presentation or pod, podcast I've ever done, but got to have good diagnostics. I know there's those decades of experience saying every bird with peritonitis is E. coli, but we have a lot of new players in, in these alternative systems and good diagnostics to rule out the other primary players are really important too. So the days of saying everything was E. coli with your, your eyeballs only is slowly or quickly fading away because some of these things can look identical, can even present textbook identical, but the diagnostics and the lab work really show otherwise. So trying to flip that narrative on, you know, egg production in the U.S. that you can just diagnose things with a quick opening of birds. You really got to include some diagnostics sometimes to map that out. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, more information uh, is always helpful and, and uh, can be confirmatory or maybe make you think a little bit differently about things. So that's a, that's a great message to spread for sure. Sure. Ready for more sustainable poultry production? New data suggests that decreasing bacterial loads and feed using Termin 8 supports entric health leading to improved performance. Gut health is more than a gut instinct. Learn more today at Anitox.com or visit us at IPPE booth 6033. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dr. Dan. We appreciate it. Um, I think uh, we, we've learned a lot in this, again, especially for people like myself who have very little experience in dealing with E. coli. This was uh, interesting to learn some of the, some of the key aspects on, on causative factors, predisposing factors, and, and kind of what you're managing out there day to day. So really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I look, I look forward to the days of talking about E. coli instead of avian influenza. So hopefully that's any day now. <laughs> right. Right. Well, good luck with that um, and, and the rest of the winter on all the challenges that, that it will present. So thanks again. And, and we really appreciate it. And we'll catch uh, all of you on the next episode. Uh, if you ever have any feedback uh, on, on this topic or other topics or uh, potential guests, we always uh, appreciate those recommendations. Uh, until next time, uh, we'll talk with you. Then. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, we're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.